these things that God did tempt Abraham. And said unto him, Abraham, and he said, Behold, here I am. And he said, Take now thy son, thine only son Isaac, whom thou lovest, and get thee into the land of Moriah, and offer him there for a burnt offering upon one of the mountains which I will tell thee of. And Abraham arose up early in the morning, and saddled his ass, and took two of his young men with him, and Isaac his son, and clave the wood for the burnt offering, and rose up, and went into the place of which God had told him. Then on the third day, Abraham lifted up his eyes and saw the place afar off. And Abraham said to the young man, Abide ye here with the ass, and I and the lad will go yonder and worship and come again to you. And Abraham took the wood of the burnt offering and laid it upon Isaac his son, and he took the fire in his hand and a knife, and they went both of them together. And Isaac spake unto Abraham his father and said, My father, and he said, Here am I, my son. And he said, Behold the fire and the wood, but where is the lamb for a burnt offering? And Abraham said, My son, God will provide himself a lamb for a burnt offering. So they went both of them together. And they came to the place which God had told him of. And Abraham built an altar there and laid the wood in order and bound Isaac his son and laid him upon the altar of wood. Uh, excuse me, laid him on, uh, on the altar upon the wood. And Abraham stretched forth his hand and took the knife to slay his son. And the angel of the Lord called unto him out of heaven and said, Abraham, Abraham. And he said, Here am I. And he said, Lay not thine hand upon the lad, neither do thou anything unto him. For now I know that thou fearest God, seeing that thou hast not withheld thy son, thine only son, from me. And Abraham lifted up his eyes and looked, and behold, behind him a ram caught in a thicket by his horns. And Abraham went and took the ram and offered him for up for a burnt offering in the stead of his son. And Abraham called the name of that place Jehovah-Jireh. As it is said to this day, in the mount of the Lord it shall be seen. Lord, we love you this morning because you first loved us. And Lord, I want to thank you for these verses that we have read. Lord, these verses have been preached from and taught from so much. Uh, but Lord, you've given me fresh bread this morning from this text, and I thank you for that. And I pray, God, that you'd bless this sermon, use it for thy glory. May we see Jesus high and lifted up today. And what you do, we'll thank you in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. I love Genesis chapter 22. I have preached from this chapter many, many times. If you're in the habit of writing dates in your Bible when I preach, you probably have multiple dates written down uh, for when I preach from this text. And I just want to let you know, you're going to have more dates written down for me preaching this text. Why? Because the old story never gets old. Amen. I want to remind you the Word of God is a living book. You can read something today. I could preach from this text this morning and come back and preach from it again tonight and it still be just as fresh and just as real as it ever has been. Hey, the Bible said we were born again of, of not of corruption.
corruptible seed, but of incorruptible, by the Word of God, which liveth, that's inspiration, and abideth, that's preservation forever. Amen. The Bible said the Word of God is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction, righteous, that the man of God may be perfect, thoroughly furnished unto all good works. Uh, the Bible said that heaven and earth shall pass away, uh, but the Word of God shall endure forever. And so we read Genesis 22 this morning, and when you think about these verses, I think about uh, the declaration in verse number 1. God uh, comes to Abraham in these verses. He calls out to Abraham uh, specifically and directly. He has a task. He has a test. He has a trial uh, that he wants Abraham to go through. There's the declaration in verse 1. But then there's the details in verse number 2. He said, Take now thy son, thine only son Isaac, whom thou lovest, and get thee to the land of Moriah. He said, I want you to take Isaac. Now, it's interesting. Uh, we, he says that Isaac, uh, thy only son. Now, we know from preaching the other week uh, that Abraham has two sons. He has Ishmael and Isaac. Uh, but God did not recognize Ishmael uh, to be the rightful son of Abraham. Even though God's going to bless Ishmael, uh, God's going to put uh, some blessings upon the life of Ishmael. Uh, the will of God for Abraham's life uh, was for Isaac. And so God is asking Abraham uh, to take Isaac up a mountain and to sacrifice him there. And there's a lot of preaching we could do. We might come back later, but that's not where my burden's at this morning. I'm interested not in the declaration and not in the details, but in the directions in this text this morning. Watch what he says in the latter part of verse number 2. And offer him there for a burnt offering. Watch this phrase now. Upon one of the mountains which I will tell thee of. Now watch this now in verse number verse number 3. And Abraham rose up early in the morning and saddled his ass and took two of his young men with him. And Isaac his son and clave the wood for the burnt offering and rose up, and watch this phrase, and went unto the place which God had told him of. Look at verse number 4. Then on the third day, Abraham lifted up his eyes and saw the place afar off. Look down in verse number 9. And they came to the place which God had told him of. And then the latter part, the last verse that we read this morning, verse number 14. And Abraham called the name of that place Jehovah Jireh. As it is said to this day, in the mount of the Lord it shall be seen. Four times that little word place is used in our reading this morning. That place referring to Mount Moriah. Of that place referring to the area of which God had directed Abraham uh, to take Isaac and slay him. And I want to preach on this thought this morning. What a place. What a place. For when I read Genesis 22 this morning and I begin to study out this text and study and pray in this week, that little word place, God put that word down in my heart. What was this place? What was so special about this place? Well, let's look at some things about this place quickly this morning. And I'm going to eat some lunch. First of all, this place was a place of selection. 
Here's what I mean by that. The verse number 2, he said, Offer him upon one of the mountains, which I will tell thee of. It means, first of all, this selection. It was sovereignly selected. Abraham did not choose this mountain. Abraham did not choose this place. Abraham did not choose this area. Uh, but this place was sovereignly selected by God. This reminds us this morning uh, that God is in control. Aren't you glad the devil's not in control? Aren't you glad the demons are not in control? Aren't you glad the doubters are not in control? And it may look like it, but the Democrats are not even in control. Amen? I'm glad God's in control. And God's in charge. And God is on the throne. And this place was a place of selection. It was sovereignly selected. But then, it was specifically selected. He said, upon one of the mountains which I will tell thee of. Why is that so important? Why is that specific place, why is that specific mountain so important? Abraham's got to get to the right mountain. Uh, because Abraham don't see it right now. Uh, but God's got a ram on the other side of that mountain. And he's leading that ram up this side of the mountain. And Abraham's going up this side of the mountain. Abraham's walking up this side. Thinking, what am I going to do? Here, I've got to sacrifice my son. Uh, God's promised me this boy. And i got to sacrifice him. But what Abraham can't see is on the other side of the mountain. God's leading that ram. Come on, come on, ram. Get up here up this mountain. God is working on both sides of the mountain. And at the top, providence meets together. This place was selected. It was a place of selection. But then I would also emphasize this morning, this place was a place of sacrifice. For in our text this morning, God tells Abraham, I want you to offer him for a burnt offering. Now this, this, this sacrifice would involve two things. First of all, obviously, it would involve death. Abraham will have to take his son. You've got to stay with me. You've got to stay with me. If you go to bed on me, this won't make no sense, all right? Stay with me. Stay awake, all right? Just, just, I know my preaching puts you to sleep, but do your best to stay awake, all right? If you need somebody to slap you, there's probably many people in this church that's always wanted to slap you, and this will be their time to minister to you to keep you awake for the sermon, amen? Uh, some of y'all need to smile, all right? But what I'm saying, Abraham, he, he, this, this would involve Abraham taking Isaac and laying him on the altar. Here's the first thing he would do. He'd slit his throat. He'd take a knife and he'd cut the throat. It involves death. He would literally take the life of Isaac. This sacrifice not only involves death, but then it involves division. I'm not trying to be graphic or gruesome this morning, but offering Isaac for a sacrifice for a burnt offering was not just slitting his throat and setting him on fire. Abraham would have to cut open the chest cavity of Isaac. He'd have to separate the organs, the meat, and the fat from, from, eat, from his body. Set them apart in different areas as different parts would belong to God. Parts of it would not be offered to the Lord. And then after he dissects Isaac's body, he would then place him on that altar. It would not be an inferno fire. It would be a slow smoldering fire. And that would take a a lot of time and a lot of process and so this sacrifice was not a small asking that God is doing uh, this involved death and it involved division eyes that would literally be divided on this altar this place was a place of selection this place was a place of sacrifice I would also emphasize number three that this place was a place of submission for when we look in our text this morning in verse number 3, And Abraham rose up early in the morning 
we don't find any discussion in Abraham's decision. Abraham don't argue with God. Abraham don't say, but God, you promised me Isaac. You promised me that he would be my seed, that my seed would outnumber other stars of the heaven and the sands of the sea. God, you promised me that. He doesn't discuss it with God. You know, many times we spend too much time arguing with God. Amen. We spend a lot of time arguing with God instead of just obeying God. There's no discussion with Abraham, but then there's no delay with Abraham. The Bible said he rose up early in the morning. He's not, I, mean, I don't know about you, but if God told me what he told Abraham to do, I'd be putting it off. I'd be delaying it. I wouldn't want to do it. And may I remind you that delayed obedience is still disobedience. Well, I'm going to do it one day. I'm going to get right with God one day. So there might be somebody here today that's lost. Well, I'm going to get saved one day. No, now is the accepted time. Behold, today is the day of salvation. Agrippa said, almost thou persuadest me to be a Christian. Felix looked at Paul and said, at a more convenient season, I'm telling you, you ought not put things off, whether it's in salvation or whether you are saved and God's working in your life. You ought not put things off. This was a place of submission. But then I would emphasize also this place, number four, was a place of substitution. Now, I love this now. Verse number four. Y'all still with me? You ain't going to bed on me, have you? Charles ain't here to say amen. I need some of you men to start saying amen. At least I know you're awake. That's a good way not to go to sleep, to say amen 25 times every sermon, and you won't go to sleep, amen? Watch this. There is, there is, and first of all, there is the transfer of the burden. Look at verse 4, 5, and 6. Then on the third day, Abraham lifted up his eyes, and he saw the place afar off. And Abraham said to his young man, Abide ye here with the ass, and I and the lad will go yonder and worship and come again to you. Now watch the transfer of the burden. Verse number 6. And Abraham took the wood of the burnt offering and laid it upon Isaac his son. Here's what's happening up until this point for three days. Oh, that donkey has carried that wood, and he's carried that load on his back. Oh, but when they got to that place, when they got to the place, that load was taken off that cursed donkey and placed on the chosen son. Amen. There was a transfer of the burden that took place at the foot of that place. But then, there is the trust of the believer. Verse 7 and 8. Isaac spake unto Abraham his father and said, My father? And he said, Here am I, my son. And he said, Behold the fire and the wood. But where is the lamb for the burnt offering? Abraham don't stutter. Abraham don't uh, stammer. He says, my son, God, will provide himself a lamb uh, for a burnt offering. So they both went them together. Here's what Abraham did. Abraham don't know how God's going to do this. But according to Hebrews 11, he knew that God uh, would raise up Isaac, even if he took Isaac's life. In fact, let me just read it to you over in Hebrews chapter 11. I apologize uh, for not having this scripture more. Should have done that. That's bad sermon preparation. But in Hebrews uh, chapter Chapter number 11 and in the great hall of faith chapter here's what happens the Bible said in Hebrews 11 17 by faith Abraham when he was tried offered up Isaac and after that he had received the promises offered up his only begotten son verse number 19 accounting that God was able to raise him up even from the dead here's what Abraham saw Abraham said I may have to kill him and I may have to divide him but I am walking down this hill with my boy. In fact, he told those young men, I and the lad will go yonder and worship and we will come again to you. We're coming back down this mountain. That is the trust of the believer. And here's what Isaac said. Isaac knew 
knew that the lamb had to be a part of worship. He knew you had to have a lamb if you was going to worship God. He said, Daddy, we've got the fire and we've got the wood. Oh, but where is the lamb? And Abraham took that telescope of faith and he looked out in the future. And you may not know how and you may not know when, but God will provide himself a lamb. Amen. The trust of the believer. Then there's the testimony of the beloved. Verse number 9. And they came to the place which God had told him of. And Abraham built an altar there, laid the wood in order. Here's the, here's the, here's the testimony of the beloved. And I bound Isaac his son and laid him on the altar upon the wood. Isaac's not fighting. Isaac could have very easily, he's probably, he's not, he's not a boy. He's a grown man in this text, I believe. And Abraham could have been very easily overpowered by Isaac. But we find the testimony of the beloved son is that Isaac is not arguing with, with his daddy. He's not fighting with his daddy. He willingly lays down on that wooden altar. Then I see the transaction that is blessed. Verse 11 through 13, Abraham's got that knife back. And the angel of the Lord, amen, called unto I know where I'm going, that's why I'm getting excited. Called unto him out of heaven and said, Abraham, Abraham. And he said, Here am I. And he said, Lay not thine hand upon the lad, neither do thou anything unto him. For now I know that thou fearest God, seeing thou hast not withheld thy son, thy only son, from me. And Abraham lifted up his eyes, and he looked, and behold, behind him, he couldn't see it, but behind him, a ram caught in the thicket by his horns. And Abraham went and took the ram and offered him there for a burnt offering in the stead of his son just in time the angel of the Lord showed up now I preached this the last two weeks I don't know if you picked up on it but that angel of the Lord is a Christophany it is a pre-incarnate visit of the Lord Jesus Christ when things were bad when it looked like Isaac was going to have to die Jesus showed up on top of Mount Moriah and he said hey there's a ram over here in the thicket he showed up for Isaac amen the timing that, 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 that transaction that was blessed. This place was a place of selection. A place of sacrifice. A place of submission. A place of substitution. I would also say that this place is a place of satisfaction. God was satisfied with the obedience of His servant. He looked at Abraham in verse number 15. Uh, verse number 16, uh, I'm sorry, verse number, uh, verse 16, I'm sorry, and he said, By myself have I sworn, saith the Lord, for because thou hast done this thing and hast not withheld thy son, thine only son, what is he saying? God said, I appreciate your obedience. God was pleased with the obedience, but God was also pleased and satisfied with the offering. Here's how I know that. He never tells Abraham to offer a sacrifice again. He never, now Abraham did offer sacrifices, but it was never demanded by God. This was, amen, this was only the one time that Abraham had to offer a sacrifice. And God said, I'm satisfied with your obedience, and I'm satisfied with your offering. And then I would say, number six, that this place was a place of significance. Because we know from studying Israeli history that in 2 Samuel 24, Satan stands up against David and tempts him to number the people. David numbers the people. God sends a prophet to, to David and tells him of his transgression. He said, I'm going to give you three choices. One, you can fall in the hands of the enemies. He said, or I can, I, I, uh, there can be a famine. He said, or the sword of the Lord will 
go through the land of Israel for three days. David says, let me fall on the hands of the Lord, for greater is mercy. Let me not fall on the hand of man. So God begins to rain judgment out upon Israel. In fact, studying it out, 70,000 men died three days. For three days, the judgment of God fell on Israel. For three days, the judgment of God fell. For three days. And on that third day, God had enough. And He stopped. He told that angel to stop. And the Bible said that He stopped. You read 2 Samuel 24 when you get home. He stopped over the threshing floor of a man named Ornan the Jebusite. David goes up to that spot. Stay with me. Don't you go to bed on me. David goes up on that mountain. Finds Ornan. Says, I want to buy this property. And Ornan said, I'm going to give it to you. David said, no, I'm not going to offer God something that don't cost me something. David buys that piece of property. He buys the oxen. And there at that spot, he offers up a sacrifice to the Lord. It's some years later. Second Chronicles chapter number 3. Solomon begins a building program. Solomon begins to build. And the Bible says in 2 Chronicles chapter 3, verse 1, Then Solomon began to build the house of the Lord at Jerusalem, in Mount Moriah, where the Lord appeared unto David his father, in the place that David had prepared in the threshing floor of Ornan, the Jebusite. Well, what a coincidence. You see, this place that was a place of selection... And this place, it was a place of sacrifice. And this place, it was a place of submission. And this place, uh, that was a place of, of substitution. And this place, it was a place of satisfaction. It became a place where God's people would come for future generations. And they would stop at this place and they would sing. And they would stop at this place and they would worship. And they would stop at this place and give God glory. You see, there wasn't no place like that place. For it was that place where the judgment of God fell for three days but it was at that place when God said my wrath is satisfied my judgment is satisfied that is enough and it was at that place where God's people would come and they would worship him and it will be at that place in the future in that millennial reign uh, that he will sit on the throne of his father David and you and I we will go to that place and we will sing and we will worship and we will thank God thank God for that place But, as Paul Harvey said, here's the rest of the story. Did you know that place in Genesis 22 reminds me of another place? Because in Luke 23 it says this, And when they were come to the place, which is called Calvary, there they crucified him. Well, what was so special about this place at Calvary? Well, it was a place of selection. Here's what I mean. Calvary was sovereignly selected. The Romans was not in charge that day. The Jews were not in charge that day. Oh, but God was in charge that day. It was sovereignly selected. It was specifically selected. It was set apart from the foundation of the world. John said, I saw a lamb as it had been slain before the foundation of the world. Calvary was not an accident. Calvary was not a surprise. It was selected. It was a sovereign, it was a, it was a selected place 
But you know what else this place was? It was a place of sacrifice. Amen. It was a place oh, where Jesus would die, where he would give his life. You know, amen, you know who was going to execute uh, Isaac that day on that mountain? It was going to be Abraham, his father. And the prophet Isaiah said, yet it pleased the Lord to bruise him. Amen. It was God that took, it wasn't the Romans that crucified him. It wasn't you and I. It was God the Father uh, that bruised his son according to the prophet Isaiah. Just as Abraham uh, was going to do to Isaac, God done that to his son. Is anybody getting a hold of this? It involved death. It would involve division, this sacrifice. For Jesus cried out in that three hours of darkness and said, My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? He was separated from his Father so that you and I could have sacrifice. This place was a place of selection. It was a place of sacrifice. It was a place of submission. Jesus did not discuss it. He didn't argue with his Father. He didn't say, I don't want to do this. There was no discussion. And it was a place where there was no delay. He set his face has a like a flint towards the cross. I tell you, every step he took up from Nazareth, it led straight to Calvary. Every step he took walking on the water, it led to Calvary. Every step he took in the midnight hour, it led to Calvary. Every step he took down the Via Della Rosa, it led straight to Calvary. He wasn't trying to get out of it. There was no delay. It was a place of of, of not only of submission, it was a place of substitution. For you see, there at Calvary, at this place, there is a transfer of a burden. Because the Lord hath laid on him the iniquity of us all. Just as that little donkey in Genesis 22 had that burden weighing him down. Oh, but the Father came by and he took that burden off that donkey and he laid it on his son. Amen. Y'all getting a hold of this. He laid it on his son. And thank God at Calvary, it is where the transfer of my burden. He was bruised for our iniquities. He was wounded for our transgressions. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. And with his stripes we are here. For God hath made him to be sin for us who knew no sin. How that we might be made the righteous of God in him. It was a place of the transfer of the burden. It was the place of the trust for the believer. I'm going to tell you if you're going to get born again, you've got to trust in the finished work. Not water baptism. Not church membership. Oh, but nothing in my hands I bring. Simply to thy cross I cling. There's the transfer of the burden. There's the trust of the believer. But then there's the testimony of the beloved. He said, no man taketh my life from me. I lay it down myself. I have the power to lay it down. I have the power to take it up again. Just as Isaac did not resist his father. Jesus, I did not resist his father. Can you see them two thieves? How they're fighting and a cussing. They're trying to avoid them nails. Oh, but Jesus, like a lamb led to the slaughter, oh, willingly lays his life down. And they put the nails in his hands and his feet. Uh, not because they thought he would run away. Uh, because... He willingly gave his life. Jesus was not murdered. A murder is an accident that nobody wants to happen. Jesus willingly laid down his life. It was a place of the testimony of love. But oh, there is that transaction that is blessed. For there was a transaction that took place that day at Calvary. That was Barabbas' cross. Barabbas should have died on that cross. But Jesus took his place. Barabbas was a, was, was a wicked man, a robber, a murderer. All oh, but the just died for the unjust. 
Then, I would also say that this place was a place of satisfaction. You see, God was satisfied with the obedience of His Son. He became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. And thank God He was satisfied with the offering of His Son. Hebrews 10 said He entered once into the holy place with His own blood, not with the blood of goats or bullies. But He entered once in the holy place, having obtained redemption for us all. There will never be another Calvary. There will never be another crucifixion for for the purpose of our justification and salvation. What was this place? Well, just as Mount Moriah was a place of selection, a place of sacrifice, a place of submission, a place of substitution, a place of satisfaction. But I would also say that Calvary, just as Mount Moriah, is a place of significance. For just as Israel would go to that temple mount where the judgment of God was satisfied and worship the Lord, you and I, not physically, but by faith, we walk by Calvary. Every time we say praise the Lord, every time we say hallelujah, every time we say glory to His name, we are doing it in the light of the sacrifice made at Calvary. We're doing that in the light of an empty tomb. You see, this place was significant because at Calvary, the sinner can find hope. This place is significant because at Calvary, the saints find help. This place is significant because at Calvary, the saved get to go to heaven. This place is significant because at South Calvary, Satan is doomed for hell. I just say it like this. There ain't no place like that place so that place must be the place and I'll say what a place thank God for that place thank God for Calvary thank God for the sacrifice thank God that he took my place anybody listen to me thank God he took your place he, you did not deserve God's mercy or you did not deserve God's grace oh but thank God he looked beyond your fault and he saw your need and he died in your stead thank God for that place Let's stand together. I appreciate your attention. Let's stand. Come on, Brother Matthew. I'm done. Thank God for that place. There ain't no place like that place. Thank God for that place. When they were come to the place which is called Calvary, there 